Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Who will save Generation X is filmed before a live studio audience. Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they are played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. If our guest gets it wrong on the show, then I'll explain how you can enter to win a fabulous prize package. Listen closely. Good luck. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. And I'll always be here to help you take a bite out of crime. Remember, don't shoot food. You must chill! I have hidden your keys! Chill! She won't answer the helm. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zave, your host, and today we are back with our next single-player edition of the show we call The Home Game. This mini-episode gives you a chance to play at home with a friend or by yourself, as well as giving you your fix of Gen X trivia in between regular episodes of the show. Here's how we play. Each episode, we invite a special guest and let them set the benchmark score for you to try and beat at home. Each round has a different game for you to try out, and at the end, you can compare your score with that of our special guest benchmark and earn your rank on the quiz. Our special guest this episode episode emailed the show and asked to be a guest so we let him please welcome to the show grant hi grant hey i was up thanks for being on the show why don't you say hello to the listeners tell them a little bit about yourself please include what generation you're from and how you feel about setting the benchmark score for this episode uh my name's grant i was born in 73 unfortunately had an auto accident about five years ago and it left me with a traumatic brain injury and so my short-term memory is not that great, but my long-term is just fine. So hopefully I'll be able to answer the questions that are thrown at me. Well, fortunately for you, there will be no questions regarding the Kardashians <laughs> and everything's going to be about 30 to 40 years old here on the show. So I think you're right where you need to be, Grant. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. So listeners, see if you can outscore this guy that emailed me and wanted to be on the show or not, or if you need to go back and refresh your memory of the cool stuff of your youth. In the opening of this episode, you heard five quick clips from Generation X. The game is called The Power Struggle, and in this game, you will need to name those five clips in the order that they were played. If you get all five correct and in the correct order, then you will be bumped up an entire letter grade and rank at the end of the quiz. Think of this sort of as an extra credit question to help you out with your score. There's no penalty if you get it wrong, but if our special guest gets it wrong here in the show, then we're going to open it up to all of you listening to contact the show to see if you can get it correct. So stick around to find out if Grant can get the power struggle question correct or not, and then I'll reveal what's in this episode's prize package and explain how you can send in your entry and try and win it. Good luck. You know, Grant, as Gen Xers, we all have experienced moments in our lives that we just don't want to deal with other people's crap. In these moments, we sometimes throw up our hands, roll our eyes, and say, whatever. Whatever. To honor that time-love tradition of Generation X, 
At some point during this episode that you feel apathetic about answering a question, you can use your whatever lifeline and appeal (laughs) to the live studio audience we have here tonight and ask them to give you a clue that could help you answer the question. So, audience, be ready to give Grant a clue should he ask for it, and we'll see if our audience is clueless or not. Whatever. Grant, you only get one whatever lifeline, so use it wisely. Okay. There are a total of 16 points available in this episode. We had to cut back on points because of chain supply issues, but Mm -hmm. everyone needs to keep track of your own score, especially you, live studio audience, and I'll let you know how well you did versus our special guest benchmark at the end of the episode. Enough talk. So that's enough chatting about it. Let's do it. It's time to see if you can save Generation X from fading into oblivion. Round one. Round one is our trivia round. Each complete correct answer is worth two points. If you think you could convince the judges into giving you partial credit for your answer, you can award yourself one pity point for your partial correct response. We'll use the honor system here. Good luck. So this first question is called, you ever notice how people die in alphabetical order? This is a movie question. One Crazy Summer was the second movie to be written and directed by Savage Steve Holland after his film debut of Better Off Dead. John Cusack plays Hoops McCann, a recent high school graduate and aspiring cartoonist who joins his friends on a summer trip. Here's the question. Where does the group go to have their one crazy summer? This is multiple choice. Was it A, Martha's Vineyard, B, Outer Banks, C, Nantucket, D, Hilton Head, or was it E, Nicole Richie Head? Um, Yeah, I want to say D. D, Hilton Head is... I'm sorry, Grant, that's incorrect. Nantucket. Oh. On Nantucket, Hoops and his friends help a musician named Cassandra save her grandfather's home from the greedy Beckerstead family and antics ensue. It really was one crazy summer. Curtis Armstrong's character plays a supporting character in the movie called Ack Ack. This is a nod to the movie's primary setting as ACK, as the airport code for Nantucket. Uh, The judges are telling me that they also once knew a girl from Nantucket, but we don't have time for the rest of that story. So we'll move on quickly to question number two. This one's called Popcorn Anyone, which is also a movie question. Real Genius is a comic sci-fi movie starring Val Kilmer as Chris Knight, a brilliant student and prankster. Director Martha Coolidge researched both laser science and CIA policies to keep the movie believable. The larger-than-life practical jokes performed by Chris Knight are all based on real-life pranks pulled in the colleges in the U.S. and the U.K., with one big exception, of course, the climactic popcorn scene at Professor Hathaway's house, which was all 100% Hollywood. Here's the question. How much popcorn was used in the famous scene at the end of the movie? Here's a multiple choice for you as well. Was it A, 180 tons, B, 140 tons, C, about 100 tons, or was it D, 69 tons? 69, dudes! Uh, I want to say D, 69. 69 is, I'm sorry, also incorrect. Grant, you're at a disadvantage here because you've never listened to the show before. There's always a uh, 69 question in there, and it's always wrong. Uh, Ah. So, I mean, that's probably the most believable one on the list. But according to producer Brian Grazer, they used enough popcorn to feed 170,000 moviegoers, and the answer was 140 tons of popcorn. A lot of popcorn. Wow, yeah. Later, Mythbusters would experiment to see if this prank was possible. Remember the show Mythbusters? First, checking to see if you could even pop a popcorn kernel with a laser. The results? Popcorn can indeed be popped with a laser, 
but even in a massive amount, popcorn would never be able to break through uh, the windows and the doors of a house. But I don't remember anyone on that show being labeled a real genius. (laughs) I can't stand it. Have you ever seen a body like this before in your life? She happened to be my daughter. Oh, well, then I guess you have. Here's the next question. It's called Via Con Dios, which is a movie question. Point Break is a cult classic action and crime movie starring Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. For Reeves, it was an important role in his career. Up to that point, he had mainly been seen in teen movies and arthouse films, and Point Break was his first serious action role. Today, he is known for that genre, but Swayze and Reeves weren't the only major names in the cast. Here's the question. What famous music star was cast as a member of the surf gang in Point Break? Here's the multiple choice. Was it A, Dave Grohl from Nirvana? B, Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction? C, Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Or was it D, Mark Wahlberg of The Funky Bunch? (laughs) I want to say C, Anthony Kiedis. Grant, you're on the board. Correct. That's two points. Well done. One of the members of the surf gang is none other than Red Hot Chili Peppers frontman Anthony Kiedis. Point Break was not his first acting gig, however. He started acting in 1978, believe it or not, under the pseudonym Cold Dammit and first appeared as Sylvester Stallone's son in the movie called Fist. I've never seen this movie, but I assume it is the sequel to Stallone's first movie, The Party at Kitty and Studs. (laughs) Suck my kiss. Let's move on. This next question is called Cosmic Cow. It is a TV question. Too Close for Comfort is an American sitcom, which started on ABC, but found a lot of its success in syndication. Audiences already loved Ted Knight, but the breakout character of Monroe sealed the deal to make the show a favorite among TV fans. We, we, how did you get involved in this, Monroe? Knight's character became famous for wearing sweatshirts from various U.S. colleges and universities. The question is, What was the first university sweatshirt that Ted Knight wore on Too Close for Comfort that started this trend? This is also a multiple choice. And remember, you also got your whatever lifeline should you get stuck, Grant. I'm not suggesting you use it here, but, you know, just keep that in mind. Here's the multiple choice. Was it A, University of Michigan? B, University of California, Santa Barbara? C, Iona University? Or was it D, Orange Coast Junior College? I want to say whatever. (laughs) Whatever. We'll save for another one. Let's choose B. I want to say B. University of California, Santa Barbara is incorrect as well. Sorry, Grant. We're struggling with this one. The correct answer is University of Michigan. I always remember him. He did have that big M shirt on his uh, as a sweater. I do remember that, but I I don't know if I would have gotten it. Here's the fun fact. After Ted Knight wore a University of Michigan sweatshirt on the show, fans began sending in sweatshirts from the colleges that they attended so he would wear them on the show, and he did his best to wear them all. The show was Ted Knight's final TV production before his death in 1986, a television legend for sure. Guess what, Muriel? I'm buying us a used sailboat. A sailboat? And I'm going to name her after you. I'm going to call it the Mrs. Henry Rush. (laughs) He's hilarious. I love Ted Knight. Here's the last question in the round. It's called MTV Cops. Urban legend has it that the words MTV Cops was written down by the current head of the NBC Entertainment Division as the first concept for the TV show Miami Vice. Whether or not this is accurate, MTV Cops is not a bad description for what ended up becoming the show Miami Vice. The show's creators wanted a more stylized and fashionable take on the cops procedural. 
This included spending around $10,000 an episode just on music rights alone so that instead of the generic TV music, the soundtrack was full of modern music for both popular and underground artists. This led to a slew of guest appearances by music artists. Here's the question. Which of the following was not a music artist who appeared on Miami Vice? Was it A, Gene Simmons, B, Debbie Harry, C, Phil Collins, or D, Ted Nugent? Which of those did not appear on Miami Vice? I want to say D, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. (laughs) I'm sorry, Ted was on an episode of Miami Vice. Even though she is a Miami native, Debbie Harry never appeared on the show. Miami Vice had several cultural impacts. In fact, the Miami Tourism Board largely credits the show for creating a new perception of the area, taking it from a retirement community to an exciting place where young people wanted to go visit. The show also popularized the t-shirt under the blazer look, as well as making the five o'clock shadow very fashionable. Fun fact, due to the characters on the show making wearing shoes without socks so popular, in 1984, Florida became known as the smelly shoe capital of the world, according to a thing I just made up. Despite Miami Vice being off the air for nearly 30 years now, for some reason, it has retained that title to this day. And that's it, round one. That was a tough round, Grant. You scored two points, but that could be the some of the toughest trivia we've had, I think. You're on the board. That's the good news. There's six more points you can get. And if you can get the power struggle question, and that'll bump you up a whole grade. So there's anything can still happen, is what I'm saying. Okay. So let's take another listen to the power struggle clip. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. And I'll always be here to help you take a bite out of crime. Remember, don't shoot food. You must chill. I have hidden your keys. Chill. She won't answer the help. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. Let's move on to round number two. Round two. Round two is a game we call Gen X Voice. In this game, I'll play clips of voices from famous people of the generation, and you need to tell me who is speaking in the clip. Score yourself one point for each correct answer. Grant, here is voice number one. Tell me whose Gen X voice this is. I like Elvis Presley. Sing his ass off. He sang so good, they let him do movies. He couldn't act. They said, okay, let him sing all his dialogue. They did. Everything Elvis said, they said, Elvis, we got to win this race. We got to win this race. Elvis, want some lemonade? Lemonade. That cool, refreshing drink. Whose iconic voice is that, Grant? Oh, that is none other than A. Murphy. That is correct. Well done. You're 100% on this round, Grant. We're making strides here. Good. That was a 22-year-old Eddie Murphy from his delirious comedy special back in 1983. You know, as a 10-year-old, I had no business watching this. (laughs) <laughs> but me and every other kid in the school were all over this special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of unsupervised kids on the playground saying to each other, Goonie Goo Goo. Yep. Then a kid took the fish out of his mouth and looked at his brother and said, Goonie Goo Goo. <laughs> Eddie Murphy was my favorite comedian when I was growing up. We'll get on to how his act has aged here in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but in the time, though, it was the funniest thing on TV. Here's our second Gen X voice. Let's see if you can identify it. I see the President Reagan on TV talking, and I don't get angry or nothing. Most people be angry. I just go, hmm. <laughs> I wonder who lets him on. Because <laughs> they, they're, talking, they, they, they're talking about, now they're talking about something real dangerous. They're talking about nuclear missiles. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about messing up all our Sundays. <laughs> what Gen X voice is that? That is none other than Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is also correct. Well done. 
And he was also a big influence of Eddie Murphy. This was Richard Pryor on the Johnny Carson show in the mid-1980s. Johnny had Pryor on a bunch over the years. Richard Pryor was married seven times, so Mm. it's presumed that Johnny had him on so often to get marriage advice from him. Munson, I hate when the lawyer comes to you when you're getting divorced. I don't like when your lawyer comes to you and goes, I think you ought to settle. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be some things brought up. Just settle. (laughs) And I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, she's going to tell about me and that goat. (laughs) (laughs) One little mistake. They never forget. Yeah. It's nice to hear Ed McMahon's cackle in the back of that clip. It just cracks me up. Makes me feel good. Okay. Here's the last voice in the round, Grant. You're sweeping this round. Voice number three. Let's see if you can get this one and get the clean sweep. Okay. George Bush says we are losing the war on drugs. You know what that implies? There's a war being fought and people on drugs are winning it. (laughs) What do you got, Grant? The best comedian to ever live. Bill Hicks. That is correct. That's a bit of a deep dive. I don't think a lot of people got that one. Great job, Grant. He's my favorite comic. Yeah. (laughs) Much of Hicks' stand-up was about social issues of his day, but listening to it now, it feels like a lot of it is relevant today as it was back then. He was was taken before his time as well. He was. He was. I love love the thing he said, and I wish I could find this special of his on, but he looked and basically said that Trickle down economics was pretty, you know, pretty much the upper one percent peeing on the rest of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Trickle indeed. You know, I spent over two hours trying to find clips of these three comedians that contained bits that we could air on the podcast and still yeah. keep it family friendly. Yeah, it reminded me of just how much the stand-up comics of our generation really affected our collective sense of humor for the generation. You know, mm-hmm. so much of what I listened to in making this round would never be said by any comic working today, I think. And, and I'm thankful that we were able to experience it at the time. But I get the reasons why, as a society, we've moved on from making light of many of the issues that, that they joked about back then. All mm-hmm. one has to do is check out the opening of Eddie Murphy's comedy special, Delirious, to know what I mean. A lot of it is still very funny, but there are certain parts of it that did not age well. And I think Eddie Murphy would be one of the first to admit it. I think we all said things back when we were 22 that we might want to take back today. Goonie Google. (laughs) Goonie Google always cracks me up. Okay, so let's take another listen to the Power Struggle clip before we start round three. See if this helps to get it. Grant, do you think you know it already? I know one. You know one, but you know what? You got to get all five. Yeah, well, one, the first and fifth one, I think I have. But Okay, uh... well, let's listen to it again and see if you can pick up those two through three and get all five. Listen up. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. And I'll always be here to help you take a bite out of crime. Remember, don't shoot food. You must chill. I have hidden your keys. Chill. She won't answer the help. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. We will listen to it one more time before we get your final answer. Okay. How about you, audience? You guys think you got it? Throw up a hand if you think you got it. You got four? You got two? One, Marissa? Three is a little hard to hear. That's the one I'm struggling with. Keith agrees. So remember, these are from not just movies. These are movies, TV shows, video games, uh, whatever. They could be anything, but they're all from the generation. Let's move on to round three. Round three. Round three this episode is a game called... In a world coming soon. In this game, I'll play selected parts of a movie trailer from Generation X, 
and you need to tell me which movie it was a preview for. There are clips from three movies. You get one point for each that you can name correctly. So we're going to the final round, Grant. You have five points. So you need to get all three of these. Okay. okay. No pressure. Mm-hmm. You need to get all three of these and get the power struggle question. We'll see. We'll see how this turns out. Movie one is from 1984. It was rated R and IMDB calls this an action sci-fi movie. Here we go. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose. What do you got? Terminator. Terminator is correct. Well done. Here's the fun fact. The date that the Terminator travels through time was the year 2029. Mm. So we only have a few more years until time travel is possible. That's the good news. Mm. I, for one, am looking forward to taking advantage of that. Here's movie two. It's from 1988. It was also rated R. And IMDb calls this an action horror sci-fi film. Let's see if you can figure out this movie title. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth. Take a look. They are safe as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Grant, was there enough clues in that trailer to have you come up with the title? Um, I, I don't really know, but I, I want to say, and I think I'm wrong here, but I want to say them. So close. <laughs> but incorrect. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just for funsies. Does anyone in the audience know this one? Cam, you know that one? I do. Suzanne knows it. I think I do. Um, was it? They live. They live. Oh, they live. What yeah. were we gonna say, Cam? Uh, they live. Oh, sure you were. Is oh, that the one? I, I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Was that Roddy Roddy Piper? It was sure. Roddy Roddy Piper. Here's the reveal. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick. Yes, They Live was that movie. Uh, The fun fact here is Rowdy Roddy Piper wrote the most famous line in the movie about being out of bubblegum. Yeah. Traveling all around the country, wrestling different people. He had to come up with a lot of stuff to hype up matches in interviews. Roddy had a book full of these one-liners and he carried around with him. And kicking ass and chewing bubblegum was the best line in the bunch, according to director John Carpenter. Okay, Grant, you have two possible chances to score some points before we hand out the grades. Here's movie number three, and then we'll get your final answer for the power struggle question. Movie three is from 1985. It was rated PG-13, and IMDb calls this an action-adventure comedy. This is the toughest one in the bunch. Let's see if you can get it. America's top security experts have chosen this man for a special mission. But first, he's got to pass one little test before he's through. 
He'll learn to move faster than a bullet. Excellent. Not bad, huh? Hear the heartbeat of an enemy and leave no footprints in the sand. Now, America's favorite tough guy comes to the screen in a movie big enough to hold him. Who was this attempt to make an American James Bond? I'm going to say whatever. Whatever. Okay. Does anybody in the audience think they know it? Keith, you're grinning as they're playing it. Cam thinks he does. I think so. It's up to you, Grant. Who do you want to call on? Uh, Suzanne is blocked behind her screen. Do you know it, Suzanne? Nope. Okay. I have no clue. But you can pick anybody. One person says they think they know it. Everyone else has no idea. But Grant, it's up to you. Which are you going to pick? I want to pick Cam. That's a great pick. Cam, <laughs> you right. give Grant a clue as to the, the name of this movie. All right. I have to, I have to think of a clue. I, I was going to say the movie outright, but I nope. can't do that. Um, do you have a clue or not? Well, I have a clue as to what the movie is, but I'm not sure about a well, then clue. Give that clue it. to Grant. All right. Yeah, just come up with a come up with a hint for Grant. All right. Um, I just want to say the name outright. Ah. It starred Fred Ward and uh, uh, Joel Gray. If I got the right one, that's impressive, Cam. It, then I must have the right one. Well, it's impressive okay. you came up with those names. I think. Well, because I remember good. Joel Gray because he was actually in in Yellow Face, and that one that wouldn't do right now. Um, yeah. And Fred Ward, I remember because I I loved. Um, uh, the right stuff, and he played one of the Apollo astronauts. Good deal. Okay, that's that's those are some pretty good clues. Yeah, Tremors. Tremors is mm. oh, so sorry. Incorrect. Mm. What's the correct title, Cam? Remo Williams. The adventure begins. I would never have gotten that. <laughs> yeah, it was that's on a tough one. Showtime a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. We used our uh, whatever lifeline. It, it, it didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to, but it was fun to experiment in any case. So, Cam, you got a point. Well done. Woo! Grant, your final score is six points, but let's give one last listen to the P- Power Struggle question. Let's see if that can give you that extra credit that you need to bump up a letter grade. Here's your last listen. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. And I'll always be here to help you take a bite out of crime. Remember, don't shoot food. You must chill! I have hidden your keys! Chill! She won't answer the help. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. Okay, Grant. One through five, name them off. Okay. One is Kindergarten Cop. Two is McGruff the Crime Dog. Three, I have no idea. Grant, we have a rule on the show. Every question must be given an answer. So you can't say, I don't know. So if you say, you remember that show? You can't do that on television? Yep. Whenever they said, I don't know, they get slimed. Slimed, yep. We don't want to slime you and take a point away. So you got to give at least an answer. Okay. Um, I'll say, oh gosh. If it was hard to hear, the clip says, remember, don't shoot food. I gosh, the toxic Avenger. <laughs> Four is um gosh, John Cusack. Um, it's where Peter Gabriel's song was played at the end of her jam box. I don't remember the exact name. Well, remember you got the rule for number four. I mean, if you can't think of it, just just say anything. Okay. Um, say anything. Okay, we'll put that yeah. down. And what do you got for number five? The last starfighter. Okay. Grant, I can tell you, you got four out of the five correct. That is a valiant effort, but I'm sorry you did not solve the power struggle. 
That means we turn it over to you, the listeners, to see if you guys can get it correct and claim the prize package. Let me tell you how you do that. There are two ways to enter for a chance to claim the generous prize package on the show. The first way is to send a self-addressed stamp envelope, care of Who Will Save Gen X, to P.O. Box 69 at 742 Evergreen Terrace, Springfield, USA. Or you can join our newsletter and there will be a place for you to send in your answers to the question. Details on how to join the newsletter can be found in the show notes for this episode. Or you can contact the show directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. And I promise to write you back and give you all the details you want. Good luck. Let's talk about the prize package for a second. The prize package this episode includes a handsome certificate with your name on it, signifying that you are doing your part to save Generation X from fading into oblivion, as well as your name going in our Gen X yearbook on our brand new website that's coming out here in just a little bit. Next is perhaps the best item in the prize package, which is a coupon offer to save up to $7 on a Good Times meal at participating Showbiz Pizza or Chuck E. Cheese in either Cedar Falls or Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's where a kid can be a kid. And finally, we will send you your choice of any Who Will Save Generation X t-shirt designs from our merch store. So that's what you get if you guys can get it correct. Grant, first, thank you so much for lending your time and talents to the podcast. Did you have a good time in the show today? I did. I appreciate it. And thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Grant, do you have any messages for those listening that you beat here today? (laughs) No, I don't. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug or any shout outs that you'd like to give before I hand out the ranks of the quiz? I've got a podcast, uh, tbipod.com. What's the so podcast about? It's about people that have had traumatic brain injuries, about them telling their story. And, you know, that's for the people that we actually have, you know, with us. And I interview and unfortunately, not interview, but they basically tell their story. And otherwise, it's just been kind of lamenting about, you know, uh, and that's not nearly as interesting, but, uh, you know, there it is. So Okay, great. We'll put a link to your podcast in the show notes for anyone listening that would like to check it out. Okay, great. Thank you. I've got one shout out to give. I'd like to give a shout out to the winner of our second power struggle question. In the home game episode We with our special guest, Cam, who's part of our studio audience tonight, we only had one person get all five answers correct that replied to our newsletter. So congratulations to... Thomas, Thomas, you're the winner and you're doing your part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Well done, buddy. We'll get you your prize package out to you shortly. Enjoy. All right, everyone. Do you remember your score? With only 16 points available in this episode, there was little margin for error on this one. But let's see how well you did and we'll get the grades and ranks. If you're playing against our special guests and scored less than six points, then you let this dude beat you and you may want to go back and brush up on your memories of your youth. If you're playing solo, we're using the point break scoring system for grading the quiz today. A score of 15 to 16 points is the grade of an A, and that earns you the rank of Patrick Swayze's character, Bodie. Patrick Swayze played Bodie in Point Break. He played him as a deadly serious character. The audience may not have entirely believed in Bodie, but it is clear that Bodie believes in Bodie. Peace Ways holds this movie together as a sympathetic antagonist. He's an incredible surfer, a natural leader. He's great at karate. Back off, War Child, seriously. And for a spiritual surf bro, apparently he has an encyclopedic knowledge of college football, knowing the exact quarter when Johnny Utah blew out his knee in the Rose Bowl against SC a few years back. Who wouldn't have a man crush on this guy? Congrats on your A. You're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. A score of 13 to 14 points is enough for a B. And that gives you the rank of 
Johnny Utah. I am an FBI agent. No one goes around making that quote because Keanu's line read was so convincing. We quote it because it's not, but still iconic at the same time. While Keanu is a good actor these days, in Point Break, he did seem like, well, well kind of like if Ted from Bill and Ted tried to play an FBI agent. Most of Keanu's scenes in Point Break, we're kind of laughing at him and not with him, kind of. But but even if we don't buy Keanu, that does not mean that we don't still love him in the movie. His performance was great for what it was in the movie, but with some room for improvement, and that's why he goes for a B on the show. A score of 12 points is enough for a C, and that earns you the rank of Gary Busey and his character of Pappas, Johnny Utah's partner in the movie. Pappas steals every scene he's in with every line he makes from Utah, get me two to the immortal classic line of I was taking shrapnel and quesad while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. I'm convinced that Gary Busey ad-libbed half of his lines. At least <laughs> they sound so much like what the real Gary Busey would say that either Pappas is the character Gary Busey was born to play or playing Pappas altered Gary Busey's very consciousness. Either is plausible and lands you as a C on the quiz. A score of 10 to 11 points is enough for a D, and that can only be Lori Petty's character, Tyler. Look, nothing against Lori Petty here at all, but the character was built up to be this tough-as-nails, badass chick, and she almost does nothing in the whole movie to back this up. She spends most of the movie either being mean to Johnny Utah or tied to a chair. Outside of being Bodie's insurance policy, her character has little purpose in the movie as it was written, and they should have just let her be the badass in the flick and do all the stuff that the boys did instead of just talking about it. Not a complete failure, but pretty close. That's why she gets a D. And finally, Grant, I'm sorry this is where you fall <laughs> on the quiz. No worries, no worries. Finally, if you scored nine or less, well, that's a failing grade. And along with it is the rank of Anthony Kiedis and his character Tone in the movie. Director Kathleen Bigelow wanted the actors to do their own stunts and fight scenes. So the actors were all given special training sessions by the stunt coordinator on the weekends. Kiedis was the only actor who did not attend these sessions. And so the stunt coordinator got fed up with him and changed the scene so that in the first fight sequence, his character got knocked out with one punch. I think that was kind of his revenge. Hmm. Reportedly, Kiedis skipped rehearsal because he was too busy getting fitted for a new sock. When you can't bother to show up when given the chance to be in a cult classic like Point Break, then that is a failure for sure. And that's why we give uh, Mr. Kiedis an F in this case. Suck my kiss! We hope you've enjoyed playing along this episode of The Home Game, and we'll post your score on the Facebook group page. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have a Patreon account set up for those who would like to take advantage of the special offers available for becoming a contributor. Or if you just want to send in some appreciation for what we're trying to do here, we also offer our Venmo account for your convenience. And you can send that to Who Will Save Gen X. Detailed information is available in the show notes for both of these ways to send some love to the show. If you have questions, comments, or you would like to sign up to become a guest on either the home game or regular version of the game show, you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and invite you to become a friend of the show. Well, that's it for this edition of the home game. Once again, I'd like to thank my special guest, Grant, for being on the show, as well as all of you for listening wherever you are. I'd like to say thanks to the special studio audience we had here tonight. Thanks for making the time to be here. Appreciate your involvement. We'll be back with our regular version of the podcast in the next episode, where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. And now for some post-game yakety-yak with the live studio audience. So I want to know what everyone scored. You guys keep track of your score this episode? I did. Yep. I did.
Okay. I got a score of 12 and I am Papa's and I'm good with that. I can do the smile. <laughs> Keith, what'd you get? Horrible seven. Seven? Uh, yep. Was this one really hard? Everyone didn't score as high as I thought? Kind of difficult. Length, <laughs> length a few times, you know, it, it happens. All right. I got five. So. Five? <laughs> Great. You found someone to beat. Well Maybe. done. I was, I was like, no was. help on that at all. <laughs> this episode might have been too tough. Suzanne? Bring it home, baby. What'd you get? Uh, no, no. I, I'm I'm Lori Petty, the character I absolutely hate in that movie. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, damn it. I got Lori Petty. What was your score? Uh, 10. Some of the questions were, again, not in my wheelhouse, just you know, younger, being younger, whatever. Ted Nugent, there's no way. <laughs> and then Bill Hicks. You know, I'm, I'm not familiar at I also had no business watching Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor for that matter, but I watched them both, but um, not Bill Hicks. It was, for some reason, that was above the pay grade for allowing me to listen as a kid, but not, you know, Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor. That was an amazing poll by Grant for the Bill Hicks. Yeah, well done. I was impressed. Yeah. Is my favorite comment, so. Yeah, he, if anyone, if anyone wants, is feeling nervous before something, I want you to go YouTube or search up uh, Bill Hicks. It's just yep. a ride. It's yep. about 90 seconds of material and yep. it'll make you feel better about whatever you're anxious about. Yeah. Nice tip. Just a ride. Yeah. Yep. It's just a ride. Ain't that, ain't that true, Grant? Yeah, it is. Yeah. He died in 2002, I think, of um, pancreatic cancer. Oh, this says he died in 1994. That's why Oops. I. 94. Oh, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Two days away from Mercy, my birthday. You got one right. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I got 16 on this quiz. I did really good. And I got the oh. and I got the power struggle right. So I mean, oh. is there, what's above an A? You still want me to be on this and getting five right? <laughs> Maybe when next time we have uh something more in your wheelhouse, Marissa, it'll, it'll be good. Okay. I want to I want a whole yeah, game this just like... on Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> this was a this was like dirty 80s comedians and like yeah. weird action films marissa like there's no way <laughs> yeah that's not me yeah it wasn't written for you marissa sorry that's all right i think it's telling that cam got all these questions right when it comes to dirty <laughs> comedians and silly action movies what does it say about guys like you and me cam well <laughs> <laughs> nothing good Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big- 